What is up, ladies and gentlemen? We are back once again with another episode of Pucking Around here on the Sports Box. I was too lazy to even put on a hat today, and that's how fired up I am for this show. As always, I'm your host, Noah Dog Diver, representing the poor, struggling, middling Pittsburgh Penguins. Joined, as always, by my friend and co-host, Brady Campbell, representing his poor New York Islanders. Uh, we've been really struggling lately, man. You know, it's good we, we we talk about other teams, and this this podcast isn't just about our 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 our, uh, our teams. Else we we'd be really depressed all the time. So, you know, other than the Islanders, you know, sticking it up lately. How you how you how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing uh pretty good. Still amped up, I guess. You know, despite how the season's been going, which is mid. Um, we got the stadium series this weekend. Um, two games, of course, the Islanders are playing the Rangers on Sunday. So still some fun left to be had, and I hope they they win, obviously. But mm. And, I mean, we're both our teams, we're not quite out of it yet, but, you know, the situations aren't looking great at the moment, and the way both teams have been playing, it's it's been a struggle. But like you said, I'm, I'm glad we kind of – it's not just us – just talking about the Penguins and Islanders because there'd be a lot of negativity throughout the show. So I'm glad we kind of get to touch on everything going around on around the league tonight. Yeah, definitely. We we got some good games going on tonight, man. We got the um, you know the Panthers. They got a pretty you know the Sabers have not been good this year, but you know we'll see what happens that game. Uh, we got the Flyers and Maple Leafs, uh, two teams in playoff position right now. We're going to talk about the Maple Leafs a little bit later, actually. Uh, they were involved in some controversy, shall we say. And then probably the best matchup of the night, we got the Avalanche and the Lightning. Uh, league's two leading scorers in Nathan McKinnon and Nikita Kucherov will be doing it out in that one. Uh, and the Rangers going up against a red-hot Canadians team, actually. Only one game below 500 now for Montreal. Uh, Rangers back on a winning streak after they were struggling for, you know, about a week and a half there. Uh, Tom Scavetta saying the good old Ric Flair, woo, because we're we're uh, we're fired up as always. But um, yeah, we're going to I'm unfortunately going to have to talk about my pins a little bit later with the transaction report. And unfortunately, it's, it's not great news. Just, you know, keep piling it on pretty much during this disaster season. Uh, but we're going to start with a team that has actually been faring much better lately, Brady. The Minnesota Wild now currently with a record of 25, 23, and 5, which still isn't great, but they've been on a great run lately. They've won four in a row uh, as of recording this, obviously, and have won eight of their last 11 games. Now, it's a little interesting, Brady. So currently they are sixth in the Central, which on the surface doesn't sound great, but when you look at the playoff standings, they're only three points back of a wild card spot. Uh, currently, right now, the wild card spots are the Kings and the Blues, and then the Predators are also ahead of the Wild. But you know, only three points out of a playoff spot, man. And I don't know what what your thoughts on the Wild, but in my opinion, I think this team is kind of finally starting to play like they should. I think they got a lot of talent. I think Kaprizov is an animal, and he's been pretty good this season. I uh, like Erickson Eck and Boldy as well. I mean, they have some, you know, solid guys on their team. I just think they've really struggled in net. I think last year, a main reason that they were so competitive and kind of a surprise team for people was Philip Gustafson. I, I thought was really solid. He's kind of struggled a bit more this season. Uh, my man, Mark Andre Fleury, I mean, he's played a little bit better, but he's also 39 years old. So he's not exactly a guy you can really rely on to carry that load anymore. 
But, you know, I think that he, they've been really good lately. I think their division is tough, obviously. I mean, I, I don't really think they have much of a chance of getting a divisional playoff spot. I think teams like uh, Colorado, Dallas, and, and Winnipeg are probably uh, too strong this year. But I do like their chances to, to maybe sneak in the wild card. I mean, not really sold on St. Louis or Nashville being playoff team. And I think the Kings probably do make it, but the Kings have – not been great lately. Uh, the those with that incredible run they had have, have definitely kind of taken over that third spot in the division, in my opinion. Because obviously, I mean, Vancouver's still running away with it, and uh, Vegas has, has been really solid as well. So, you know, what have you been your thoughts from what you've been seeing for, from the uh, wild lately, Brady? I they got off that really bad start, but you know, the past you know, couple of weeks, uh, they've been getting it going, yeah, and it. They are really kind of a team that they have some great pieces. They might not be one of the top teams in the league, but they're definitely a team that can make some noise in a really tough central division. And I feel like, at least me personally, I expected them to be at least a little bit better, you know, throughout mm. season overall. Um, like you said, 25, 23, and 5 right now. Still only three points out. They're now seven and three in their last 10 games, including a four-game winning streak. Um, and like we were talking about, the the Kings, they've started to kind of get back a little bit, but they're three, five, and two in their last 10. The Blues have kind of been, you know, one of those, I guess, mid-teams again, mid-tier team, 28-22 and two. Um, they're in the, that second spot technically, also 58 points. Although they've been pretty good, also seven and three over their last ten as of late. Um, but I mean, there's other teams in the mix too for those wild cards, at least Predators, Flames. So it's yeah, it's not going to be easy for them. The Kraken are right behind them. But like you said, these guys they have Kaprizov, Erickson, Eck, so many you know other very talented players who really didn't find their game all too much or enough at least to kind of help this team. Um, but Erickson Eck has really been phenomenal as of late, especially I know this past week he had five points, three goals and two assists, um, kind of helping them kickstart this this win streak here and get back on the roll. And Marc-Andre Fleury, I, I think, has been great. Um, you know, maybe not one of the top guys this season, of course, but kind of resurrecting his career to some extent. Um mm. He's been great. He's had a few record-breaking uh, games, of course, this year. Um, and he's getting up there in age, and he's showing that he's still got it. And, yeah, like I'm saying, I, I think the talent's there. Um, and they're getting hot at the right time, too. So we're middle of February. We got basically two months left in the season. This is kind of the time where especially a lot of those teams hovering around the, the, like, the bubble of the wild card have – really got to start to get going. And I think the wild picked really a perfect time to, I guess, find their game. I'm sure it would have been nice if that would have happened a little bit earlier, maybe put themselves in a bit of a better spot. But like you said, they're in a really difficult division with some of the best teams in hockey at the top of it. Um, but I think they're putting themselves in a good spot right now, um, winning eight of their last 11. And I'll take a look at their schedule right here. I mean, They've beaten, you know, a few tough teams. Um, they've also had a few easy, I guess for lack of a better term, uh, easier wins. They they did play Chicago, mm -hmm. but they they played they they beat Chicago. They 
beat your Penguins, um, who once again we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and they beat Vegas, the defending champs, and the Coyotes team, who's very competitive this year as well. This is the first four games, too, out of the break, three of which were on the road. The only home one was the Penguins game. So they, they're they one of those teams that have caught fire right out of the break, the perfect time, that kind of week or so off seemed to be vital for them. And they got a few tough ones coming up. So Buffalo, they're, you know, a bit on the lower side in the league this year, but you can't take them lightly. Vancouver, um, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Seattle. So that's kind of their next five games there. And then rounding out the month with Carolina and Nashville. So they got some really tough matchups, but they kind of picked the perfect time to really, you know, turn things on here and, and get prepared now for some of these really tough matchups, which – in a way, the rest of this month could make or break their season because, of course, they're also still out of a playoff spot. They might need a little bit of help down the line, but they're kind of playing some of the teams that are ahead of them and, and some other really good teams that can really you know, springboard their confidence and possibly mm-hmm. shoot them right into a playoff spot. And I don't know what their schedule looks like, of course, the rest of the way, but they're setting themselves nicely for a good run. Uh, Tom says show title hits good this week. Yeah, man. Born to be wild. Classic song. You know, I got to do it. Love the love the 70s and 80s rock and all that. But um, I do think, you know, Flurry has played really well late. I'm looking at his box scores here, Brady, and his last five games um, out of he, so four wins in his last five. He also, you know, <laughs> little actually exactly a month ago from today, I uh, got a shutout against your New York Islanders uh, five nothing win. <laughs> surprise, <Yeah>. surprise. <laughs> But um, I can't dump on that too much because he did actually uh, come back to Pittsburgh, or, or actually I think it was a home game in Minnesota, and we played him, and they beat us uh, there as well. He's only given up uh, more than one goal one time in his last five starts. So he has been playing well lately, but like you said, getting on up there in age, he's not exactly a guy you can rely on, you know, too heavily anymore since he's kind of filling uh, the backup role. Um, you know, I definitely agree. I, I think they have a lot of, you know, solid forwards. Uh, Zuccarell is another guy. I don't think we mentioned either of him. He, I don't think either of us mentioned him. I like him as well. Um, defensively, I, I think it's a little bit more suspect, but I will say um, they do have one young guy that I really like this season, Brock Faber. Uh, he has 33 points in 53 games this season. Actually considered him putting on putting him on a team of the week this season, or this week, excuse me. He had a, a pretty solid week this week. But, yeah, look, I think that what it boils down to me for is between those three central teams that are kind of hovering around the wild card, uh, Minnesota, Nashville, and St. Louis, I think Minnesota's the best team of those three. So if if it comes down to having to pass those teams, I think they can do it. Um, Probably a second wild card team, I think, you know, the Kings are still a solid team. Obviously, they fired Todd McClellan uh, recently. Um, but, the, you know, they've been a playoff position, you know, consistently this season. They made it the past couple of years as well after they had those, you know, down couple of years. And, and I just think, you know, other than that, I think the division, top three in, in both divisions, are, unless something ridiculous happens, some major injury, I think they're pretty much set. So I think they will have to settle for a wild card spot. But I, I do think they can get it. I think they just have too much talent, to be honest, to, to miss the playoffs. Uh, looking at the scores real quick, uh, no score updates yet, so every game is still scores at this point. Uh, as we move on to our next topic, a team that's not doing so well, but funny enough, Brady, uh, their best player has been getting it going, but <laughs> unfortunately really hasn't mattered much. So I know I know when we last talked about the Caps, 
we mentioned Alex Ovechkin struggling on the season. He had like nine goals all season. He was kind of stuck there. Wasn't really doing much. Obviously, Backstrom is injured and all that. You know, he, the sentiment he's played basically his whole career with. Um, but, you know, he's actually been getting it going lately, man. He's has a five-game goal streak. Um, so, you know, I don't know what he's going to do the rest of the season. But, you know, if he could somehow salvage 25, 30 goals, considering how, you know, slow his start the season was, I think that'd be pretty remarkable. But, like I said, it hasn't mattered. Uh, they are 1-5-2 and two in their last eight games. They're six in the Metro, uh, with, even below the Islanders. Uh, they, they, they've they been struggling to get going all year. And, you know, I know the Flyers have been a surprise team. Obviously, the Rangers and, and Hurricanes, I think, are far and away the, the two best teams in the division. Uh, but they've just been struggling to get momentum going. And I think it's actually been even worse now. They're still above 500 as it stands. Um, but, I mean, you can see the record right there. It has been pretty terrible for them lately 23 21 and eight their leading score is alex ovechkin 37 points in 49 games played they are 30th in goals for per game their second leading score is dylan strome john carlson is 30 and after that you you get into you know the mid-20s with a guy like anthony mantha in net i think uh kemper has struggled a lot this season as well i don't really think they're good at anything they can't score their defending isn't great. They don't have, you know, an elite like they don't have like a Braden Holtby back in his prime who could kind of stand on his head for you in games. Uh, I just, you know, I, I always had a feeling Ovechkin would eventually get it going. Like a guy that scores almost 850 goals in his career is probably going to break the goal scoring record unless he has some terrible injuries. I felt he would always get going. I'm just surprised no one else has has done anything during the streak. I mean, he has like seven points his last five games or something ridiculous. Like I said, five-game goal streak, and they still can't win. In fact, it's actually gotten worse. The team is performing worse than they had most of the season. They're at least mediocre before. Now they're just, you know, absolutely stinking up the joint pretty much. So, um, you know, Brady, I don't know if the Islanders had played them recently, if you've gotten a look at them or, or, or whatnot, but what have you been seeing from these poor Capitals lately? Yeah, they. it's kind of – just a complete turnaround. Like you said, Ovechkin not really doing much of anything per se early on in the season, but they were kind of getting by. They had contributions from plenty of other guys. The Caps aren't necessarily a bad team. They're, I, I guess, mediocre would almost be really the, the best term to use. They've definitely lost a step from you know their cup-winning team and all that, even though they still have a, a several of those players. But um, – yeah, it's like a complete 180. Ovechkin finally gets it going, and the, the whole team can't really follow suit. Um, this month out of the All-Star break, too, they've lost four um, of five games. Their only win came against the Boston Bruins in a shutout, which mm. is very impressive. But the next night, they they lost in overtime to Vancouver. They, they've had a, kind of a rough schedule out of the break. I mean, Montreal has been playing really good hockey as of late. Um, and then Florida and Colorado have both been phenomenal this season. So that hasn't helped them. But, yeah, at the same time, Ovechkin is on fire once again. Like you said, could salvage, I guess, at least his season personally a bit and and really give himself a, a better chance at kind of that goal record and everything. But And it doesn't really get easier for them the, the rest of the month. They got Montreal again, New Jersey's playing a little bit better. They're hovering around that wild card spot. 
and then more Atlantic opponents, which really does not mean anything good because that whole division with, you know, the exception of the, the bottom team or two is, has been playing very well yeah. this season and as of late. Um, but they, they really just haven't gotten enough contributions. Like you said, the, their goaltending isn't the best. Darcy Kemper, he's a solid goalie. Um, but I, I do think, you know, he's getting a little bit older as well and just maybe not the best um, defensive core in front of him. Of course, they still have John Carlson, but overall it's just been a struggle. It's still impressive that Ovi's leading the team in points with 37 right now, but that that's not great for really any yeah. team. Um, by the way, um, just quick update. Uh, Pasternak scored, so it's one nothing Bruins over the Kraken right now. But um, yeah, for for the Caps, uh, when your leading point getter is at thirty seven in mid February, that that's not ideal. Um, Dylan Strome, John Carlson, Anthony Mantha. You look at the their top, you know, four or five guys on this team, and you think they could at least be right in the mix for the wild card. I, of course. You know, you never know. The Metro is really good. The Eastern Conference is really good. So they might be a little below that, but they, they've really struggled for a decent majority of the season. And right now, it's just not good enough hockey. And back to Ovi, he's a minus 17 on the plus minus. So that, that also just kind of really sums up how his season and the Caps overall are doing. And I guess you never know, but I, I don't really see them kind of salvaging it and, and getting into the playoffs in the stacked Eastern Conference. Um, I mean, if you look at the standings, you got Toronto, Detroit in those two spots, and then New Jersey, the Islanders, the Penguins are right behind them. Even Montreal is creeping up a little bit. Not saying those, you know, all those teams will obviously not make the playoffs, but, you know, they, they could get buried a little bit here over the next you know, two weeks or so if they, they don't pick up their game. Uh, Tom says, guy has to be a million years, years old and still brings it. Well, here's some really interesting things I noticed about the Caps offense, Brady. Um, uh, obviously, besides, you know, the lack of depth scoring or even the lack of any scoring pretty much outside of what Ovechkin has been doing lately, their power play, which, you know, has pretty much been their bread and butter since Obi's been there, that unstoppable one-timer slap shot from the, the face-off circle, 15% power play this season, which is one of the worst in the league. You would never expect the, the uh, Caps to have something like that. And then on Ovechkin himself, so he's still taking shots. He has 170 shots this season, which is, you know, well above three per game, which is kind of, you know, close to what he does every year. I mean, it's a little lower, but it's still obviously a very high rate. But here, here's an interesting nugget for you, Brady. So his career shooting percentage is 12.8. And most seasons, you know, he's averaging 13 or above. This year, 8.2%, which is the lowest mark of his career. He's only had one other season where he's been in single digits, and that was all the way back in the 2010-11 season. So you can tell he's starting to slow down. I do still think he's got something in there. And, you know, I think he's the type of guy that he just wants his record so bad. <laughs> He'll probably pull a Yarmir Yager if he has to play until he's 45, if he has to, to get it. Um, yeah. But obviously, I don't. he's not the guy he used to be. I think he's been great recently. Um, but they don't have anything else to, to pick it up. I mean, I like Carlson, but, I mean, there's no Backstrom, you know, 
Wilson's okay. I mean, obviously, I think he's he's a rat, like like a lot of people do. But he's got some talent. But I, I just don't. Th- I, I the Metro's too tough. The, I think it's way too tough this season. They've never gotten it going. Um, and you know, I think it really sucks for him because they let Laviolette go, and then Laviolette goes to the Rangers, and you know, I mean, they're they've been incredible this season. Uh, I think he's really nailing down the defense over there in the Garden. But um, yeah. Kraken tied the game up. Uh, Jordan Eberly with his tenth goal of the season. And uh, speaking of those Flyers, Travis Sandheim, a short-handed goal against the Leafs, his fifth goal of the season. They're up one nothing. But uh, there you go, Flyers. Uh, we thought they would fall off, and they just keep winning, man. They just keep winning because no one else in the Metro <laughs> below them is any good, pretty much. But go Oilers, baby, says Brad Miller. Um, yeah, freaking McDavid, man. We're going to talk about him a little bit later. But uh, his quote down season, I mean, he just had six assists the other night, career high. I mean, it's ridiculous, man. But uh, transaction reports. So I'm going to save this for last because I think that'll be the most fun thing to discuss. So we'll start with this one. Uh, Stars forward Evgeny Dodonov out indefinitely. Lower body injury has placed him on IR. Uh, Dodonov had 12 goals and 11 assists this season for 23 points, which was 11th most on the Stars, which um, I was surprised it was that low, honestly. But then you look at their stats. They have the third most goals for on the season. They got Jason Robertson and Matt Duchesne have been killing it this season. Rupe Hintz, Joe Pavelski, Tyrus Sagan, Mason Marchment, six guys with more than 40 points on the season. I mean, that top six is just absolutely stacked this year. Um, so, you know, just general thoughts on this one, Brady, I'll kind of, you know, start first. I, I do think it's a decent blow. I think this is a really solid depth player for them. Um, you know, it always sucks to lose depth, especially in the playoffs. But I think what helps is that, like I said, I think their forward core is incredibly strong. Um, it's not like they're, you know, losing one of their top two or three guys or anything like that. They're losing a depth guy. Uh, they got 72 points this season. They're currently leading the central, um, the only thing I'd really be concerned about with the Stars uh, this season is this year they've really had to outscore teams. Um, you know, they were really good last season with Ottinger, but this year Ottinger has been um, pretty mid, especially for, you know, I think the high standards he set last year, um, you know, almost at allowing three goals a game. Scott Wedgwood, the backup, ha- hasn't been much better. I think their defense, you know, has been kind of hit or miss, but their offense is incredible. I just think that they really got to tighten up the defense once it gets to the playoffs. That's where, you know, these defensive teams, a lot less mistakes are being made that, you know, these offensive teams can capitalize on. Um, so, you know, overall, I think uh, losing Dodonov, Dodonov, excuse me, it's a decent loss, but they do have the top end talent, I think, to kind of overcome it. Not sure if he'll be able to come back for the playoffs. They just said he's out indefinitely. He's on IR. So I'm not entirely sure on the timetable. Um, but you know, Brady, do you have any thoughts on, on this injury and, and what it means for the stars here? Yeah, I, I agree with basically, um, everything you said. I, I think it's a decent blow for them. You know, he's a very good depth piece, depth forward. We've seen, you know, him move around the league a little bit, but he's fitting nicely in every place he's gone, especially in Dallas. Um, definitely a guy they'll, they'll kind of miss. And, and he, he has some scoring touch to him, you know, 23 points. You know, you look at that and you might not, you know, 
focus on that too much, but I, I that's usually he hovers around there, but he gets the, those important points kind of when you need them. Now the stars are very good where they could probably fill that piece or that hole um, pretty nicely for, for the time being. Um, and like you, you rattled off all the, the names they got. I think they'll be okay, but um, I, I do think this is still a, a tough blow. And like you said, we'll see if they, they get them back for playoff time. And if they do, I think that that could be a huge boost for them going into that um, because I, I think they could be, I mean, they already kind of are, but I know some people were even predicting them to win the cup. I think if they're able to kind of get him back healthy and they're playing some good hockey going into the playoffs, I think they can be a really dangerous team going in. But um, yeah, that that's going to be kind of, it's going to be a tough little stretch here without him. But I, I mm-hmm. do think they have so many pieces that, it might not maybe matter as as much as it it seems like it might on the surface, but um, yeah, he he's a very I f- I feel like he's a very underrated player too. A couple comments coming in. Great year for the Oilers, dark horse team for me. Different team since we fired our head coach. Sometimes that's all you need. Work for the Blues back in 2019. Yeah, good old Craig Berube coming in taking was, that team. That I was, was hoping that would work for us, but <laughs> not seeing all the results yeah. quite yet, but. Yeah, poor, uh, poor Patrick Wise. He's, he's finding it's a little tougher when you don't have uh, Nathan McKinnon and, and guys like that on your team. But um, yeah. unfortunate is what it is. We've got a couple more score updates coming in, actually. Uh, the Panthers are up one nothing on the poor Sabres. Carter Verhage uh, with his 27th goal of the season. What an underrated player he is. Uh, and then the Ducks are up one nothing on the Sooners in the, ba- the mid-off. Uh, Pavel <laughs> Mentyakov. The young Russian man, I think he's like 21 years old, one of their top prospects with his third goal of the season. Good for him. Uh, every other game, it looks like everything's pretty much the same. Abs and Lightning still scores uh, halfway through the period, so we'll see if uh, McKinnon and Kucherov can get on the board in that one at some point. Uh, this one, honestly, I don't even want to discuss this, but it is a transaction that happened recently, so we kind of have to. Uh, Jesse Puglia Harby. Signed by the Pittsburgh Penguins, two-year, $1.6 million contract. Uh, this is the move, man. This is the move to, you know, fix our absolutely struggling offense. Um, 27th in goals per game. Now, this is just crazy, Brady. You know, when you think about the Pins, and obviously this is a team I know very well, you think of a team that is very high-scoring, uh, can, can light the lamp among the best of them, not quite as solid defensively. And, you know, when we got Eric Carlson – I was like, all right, you know what? We're going to have to win so many games, five to four, seven to six or whatnot. It hasn't been like that. They can not They can defend really well. They're third in the league in goals against. Their goaltending has been really good, actually. Jerry and Nedeljkovic, uh, or Jari, excuse me, have been really good this season. The defenses have been solid. Unfortunately, they can't score at all outside of Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel. But... Lo and behold, Brady, 30 minutes before the show, what do I see? Jake Gensel has been ruled out indefinitely with an injury, which means it's pretty much just Sidney Crosby and maybe maybe Geno Malkin um, that are that are providing the offense. Eric Carlson's pretty good, but outside of that, um, this team's a disaster, man. Um, Pull your Harvey, so he did actually – he signed a PTO contract with with the Pens last season, but he played in Wilkes-Barre 
uh, for pretty much the entire year. So now they're, they're just essentially calling him up, giving him an official uh, contract. Uh, thoughts on the move? I mean, this is a, what a guy that was picked number four overall by the Oilers. Never quite worked out with him with the Oilers. Um, I think he's a decent talent, but do I think he's going to be anything <laughs> for the Pens? I really don't. I don't. I don't really have high expectations. I think this team has been in the dumps most of the season, and now that Gensel's out, they missed Rust for a good amount of of time this season as well. Um, I, I just. I, I didn't expect them to make the playoffs, but I mean, actually seeing it come to fruition, just how mid they are, um, it is definitely you know a bit jarring considering how consistently good uh, they've been over my lifetime. They broke that playoff streak they had last season because they couldn't beat the Chicago Blackhawks with a, a third pair center or a third pair defenseman playing center. Um, so it is frustrating, especially because they did go on that really good stretch a couple of weeks ago to where they were up to fourth in the Metro. Now they're just back to you know losing again, pretty much. So. Don't really have any expectations for him. I, I wish Pulio Harvey the best, um, but I don't really think he's going to do much, unfortunately. Um, Brady, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the When I saw they were kind of doing the professional tryout and then they signed him, I, you know, I, I think it, it's a, you know, a decent signing for what it was. But like you said, he – I, I don't think he ever really quite panned out to maybe his potential. Um, he had some decent seasons with Edmonton. Uh, it, it definitely helps when you play with Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, mm. uh, Vander Kane, Zach Hyman, all those guys. Um, put up 36 points in 2021-22 and you know, had, had plenty of other double-digit seasons. And, and he, he has some talent as well, but eventually he – had kind of a rough season in 22-23 with Edmonton, and he eventually found his way in Carolina. Only played 17 games there, two assists. Didn't really provide a whole lot for them. Now he ends up with Pittsburgh. And, you know, at, at the time, I think it's a decent signing, especially where it kind of, kind of the pens are at right now. Um, but, you know, it, it's tough to say how much it would have helped them. And, and now, of course um, – with him out and, and now you know Gensel too. It, it's I, I hate to say it, but it, it's not looking great for you, you guys at, at the moment. Um because Paul Yarvi never really got too much of a shot and mm. like I said, not not really a star player, but you know, could be a decent depth role for you guys. And of course Gensel has been the staple for you guys really his whole career. And I, I think it this whole thing's kind of been a huge blow. Um, I believe you guys are playing the Blackhawks tonight too, which in fact, ironically, I mean, the, the Blackhawks are still the Blackhawks, but Connor Bedard is back for them tonight. So mm -hmm. um, <laughs> kind of a, a reversal there, but yeah, that I hate to say it for you, but I think the, the pens, I mean, you, you never know. Crosby's having a great season. They still got Malkin. They still got Latang, Carlson. You know, Jari's been having a pretty good season. But Gensel has really provided so much for them, especially offensively, too. Um, has played great alongside Crosby and, and all those guys. But, um, mm. yeah, the just between the whole Pulley-RV situation and, and now the Gensel injury, it, it, it's a it, – 
is kind of as as Tom's saying here. It's a little bit shocking. I mean, I kind yeah. of figured over these next few seasons they you know might drop off a, a little bit, maybe not quite um, where they were a few years back, especially as their their star players get older. But it, I guess because of how good they've been, it's it is a little bit shocking to to kind of see them having it rough right now and the injuries kind of just are now piling up and it, it's getting to the point now almost where whatever, you know, could go wrong is going wrong for them right now. You know, I agree with Tom. I, I do think they need to rebuild. The problem is they can't, um, you know, they, they committed to Malk and you know, tank said, we want these guys to retire here, which, you know, it, if it were me personally, I know it's a hard decision. I wanted to go into rebuild years ago. Um, you know, let, let Malkin and Latang walk, try and, you know, I wouldn't say tank, but, you know, definitely retool the team. And if you miss the playoffs, at least get some decent draft picks. But with those contracts and now the fact they traded for Eric Carlson with his terrible contract, they can't rebuild. They, they have to commit to it. They have to try to make the playoffs. But, you know, like you said, and I completely agree. In fact, I, I think you're being very generous. Um, I'd say this team is completely cooked and washed up. But, um you know, it is what it is. They they got to try, and unfortunately, I don't think they have enough. I think their team is too damn old at, at this point. There's teams that are just better than them at this point, better and younger, especially in the Metro. Um, you know, they haven't won a playoff series since 2018, which is part of the reason I wanted them to go into a rebuild because I didn't think they could win anything with these guys anyway. Unfortunately, it looks like I, I'm being proven right on that, which I don't want to be right about my team failing. Um but, you know, I do it with the Falcons all the time as well. I get called a fake fan for it. But uh, you got to be realistic, man. And right now, it's not looking too good. I wish Jesse the best. Um, unfortunately, four games played with the Pins a season, zero points. So, uh, yeah. But uh, Pins, yep, we already went over that one. Montreal one nothing on the Rangers. Um, Jake check- Evans, his fourth goal. Good old Jake Evans. Yep, I remember uh, the only reason I, I remember it, Main reason I remember Jake Evans is when he got absolutely lit up in that playoff game. <laughs> uh, poor guy, man. Yeah, but shifty, I believe, right? yeah. Yep. Yep. On the empty netter, I think it was. But um, good, good for him scoring that goal. But uh, speaking of getting absolutely lit up, absolutely perfect segue. We got to talk about this, man. This was absolutely nuts. So Morgan Riley, who's never a guy I've really considered to be a dirty player or anything, um, I'd be honest here, man. This is nuts. So late in this game against the Ottawa Senators, uh, Toronto is down four to three. They have pulled the goalie to try to tie the game up. Um, They're unable to score. The Senators get the puck. They're breaking on the net. And then this Ridley Gregg guy um, scores in the empty net. He does it with a slap shot, which is certainly an interesting choice. And does Morgan Riley drop the gloves and fight him? Nope. Instead, he cross checks him to the neck. After the whistle, uh, and they did not like that. He got a five-minute major game misconduct, kicked out of the game, and it just came out, I believe, yesterday uh, when I was looking this yeah, up. Five, five, five-game suspension. He is going to appeal. Uh, good luck to him on that appeal. I don't think it's going to do much of anything, but um, I got some thoughts on this one, man. I, I was briefly talking about this to you earlier. I have seen so many just absolutely wild out of left field takes about this incident, people trying to, you know, excuse what Morgan Riley did. Now I will say this. (laughs) I I had a quote asked you from Josh Norris uh, that I wanted to read. 
Um, first of all, I think Ryan Reeves is an idiot saying that we need, which obviously I know Ryan Reeves very well, used to play for the Pens, played for the Rangers for quite a few years, um, saying that we need some violence back in hockey. Now, you know, there's a couple issues with that. Number one, you know, I, I do like fighting as much as the next guy. I don't think we need illegal uh, cross checks to the neck, though. I think that's a bit insane, especially after the whistle. Um, but number two, the game is logically going towards a more skill speed based game where you know these grinders and enforcers i mean the enforcers extinct pretty much at this point you got to have some level of scoring um and grinders you know it's becoming less and less they're still physical guys obviously but it's more about you know the pure offense but i got this quote from josh norris i wanted to read out which i thought was interesting um he said you never know what uh greg is up going to do i loved it but i'm sure if we were on the other side of that we wouldn't have liked it either I didn't like the retaliation, but I understand their frustration. It's over with. I guess it was entertaining. So that is Josh Norris saying forward for the Senators saying that. Now, I will I will say this. Um, I think it's ridiculous to try to completely excuse this. Uh, Morgan Riley is wrong. Um, Brady, tell your thoughts real quick. I got someone at the door. So just say your thoughts on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I – I do question the the slap shot a little bit, I guess. You know, I don't think he had to do it, of course. Um, but it, it's a rivalry game, Senators versus Maple Leafs. You know, there's a lot of emotion in it. Leafs are pretty good team. The Senators, not so much. So it being a rivalry game definitely ups the ante. Did he have to take a slap shot? No, and I can understand, you know, maybe being like a little upset about that. You know, maybe go over, talk to him maybe grab him, I don't know, a little scuffle, but to kind of just basically blindside the guy too with a, a cross check to the, the neck, the head area, inexcusable and five games, I think is that that's a pretty fair punishment. I'm almost, he's probably almost lucky he didn't get, you know, a little bit more, more for that too. Mm -hmm. um, because there's, there's really no reason, like, like I said, you know, he didn't have to take that slap shot, but I, it, it's hockey. Like, he scored a goal. You don't want him to do that, defend better, I guess. I, I don't know. I know it's an empty net, but, um, yeah, that, that's really my thoughts on it. I, I, It shouldn't really be a part of the game. I, I feel like too many times over the last few seasons, guys kind of take their anger out on some – fairly dumb things too. Um, this being the perfect example of it. I, I understand being in the game, being in the rivalry game and for Ottawa too, not being a great team to mm. kind of, I guess, upset the Leafs um, who were struggling a bit uh, over the, the last few weeks, but still um, to kind of get that win um, and get that empty netter late to, to seal it is a big emotion boost. It's a very emotional game. And I can understand, you know, the least, the least side of things of being a bit upset with the way that whole thing went down. But you gotta control your your emotions, especially something like that too. That I mean, he gets them like at a certain angle or anything that that could be a very you know dangerous play too. So, um, mm. in my opinion, he might even be lucky he didn't get more than five. But yeah, I, 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 if it were me, I I wouldn't even appeal it. Um, but yeah, I crazy situation. 
Um, I did see that too on social media, um, especially like Leafs fans kind mm. of siding with Riley or whatever. And I don't really understand it. Yeah, I saw a bit, and and this is what you know is really getting me. Like TSN analysts and obviously the Leafs fans, like you said, and stuff like that. Um, you know, kind of excusing what he did. Now, you know, I heard most of what you said, and I agree completely with pretty much everything you said. I think the slap shot on on the uh, empty net. I do think it's a little dumb, but you know, I, you know, at the same point. In fact, I got to actually a quote from Greg Keir, um, saying pretty much. Uh, quote, it was a lot of adrenaline, the heat of the moment, the heat of the game. He's talking about a slap shot. It was an emotional game. I just got a breakaway, and I thought he'd, I'd bury it. He also said, um, I don't think you're expecting got a cross check in the face, but I'm also not sure if he meant to do that. Don't know about that. I think it was pretty uh, pretty clear he did mean to do it. Um, NHL player safety saying, in short, this is not a hockey play. This is an intentional forceful strike to an opponent's head using a stick as a weapon to exact retribution on an opponent well after a goal was scored. Um, now, my take on it, you know, I kind of alluded to it. I do think it's dumb to do a slap shot on an empty net, just put it in and get the game over with. Um, but to intentionally cross-check a guy in the neck after the whistle has been blown, I think is absolute chicken shit, uh, pretty much. I think it's a joke. Um, and this is coming from a guy that, like I said, I don't really think has a dirty background. I was really surprised he did this, actually. I can get being upset, but, you know, with guys like Ryan Reeves, you want to get violence back in the game. You know what Morgan Riley should have done that no one would have had any issues at all if he did. He should have dropped the gloves and fought the guy. Instead, he decided to cross-check him, which is illegal, very illegal. There's a penalty for it. He got a major. He was ejected, which is wrong. Um, if if he dropped the gloves and they fought, this would barely be a conversation. It'd be a little clip on a YouTube channel saying, look at this cool fight, you know, tense heat at the end of the, you know, Leafs-Sins game. Instead, he has to do something stupid, which costs his team. He gets five games that he's not going to be there with them. Um, I agree with you on the suspension link. I think it was probably a little lenient. Um, you know, maybe could have gotten 10 or so. Um, you know, but I think the fact he doesn't really have a history helps him in that regard. Um, if he was a multi-time offender, it would definitely be a lot more. Um, but I just think I just think it's ridiculous that some people are just trying to completely excuse it, uh, saying, oh, he shouldn't have done the slap shot on the net. OK, maybe he shouldn't. Uh, that doesn't give you the right uh, to friggin cross check him in the neck. It kind of reminds me of uh, Brady. If you remember the uh, Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph thing where people are like, oh, yeah. Mason, Mason Rudolph shouldn't have gotten in his head. OK, that's fine. That doesn't give someone the right to rip their damn helmet off and try to hit him in the head with it. I mean, it's ridiculous, man. Um, I don't think he's a POS or anything like that. Like I said, I, you know, he has no history. I think he made a mistake, but it's definitely a mistake. Like people just trying to completely excuse it, I think, are just completely out of bounds, out of left field. Um, just drop the gloves and fight. You know, yeah. give the chance the guy to give the guy a chance to defend himself, at least like that's a, that falls completely within the code of hockey. Cross-checking, it's a penalty. There's no gray area about it. He committed a penalty. He deserves a suspension. It was stupid. It was dumb. It cost his team a game that was already over. He now has to miss games for this team, which is going to hurt them even more. Um, but, yeah, I mean, pretty much uh, Flyers up one nothing on the Maple Leafs. Montreal up one nothing on the Rangers. Yep. Avalanche and Lightning, 1-1. Uh, Bowen Byram and then Braden Point just tied it. Uh, Flyers took him off the roster, Hart. So Erson is the workhorse now. Is he better than our backup? Jonathan Quick has been great this season, man. 
In fact, I was trolling uh, Rangers fans about a week ago. I saw a post. Oh, uh, Igor is in net, and I commented. I said, "Well, it's always good to get the backup some playing time," <laughs> but uh, which which got him fired up for sure. But um, yeah, I completely agree with you on this one. I think we're on the same page here. Um, not the best move to do the slap shop, but he's completely wrong. He's got no history. I think it's you know, Sydney has no history. It's a decent suspension, maybe a little on the lenient side, but. Um, yeah, don't cross check people in the neck, man. After after the whistle is over, uh, they're gonna they're gonna get you every time. So, um, come on, man. Uh, good old Leafs, always some drama surrounding them, isn't there? <laughs> but um, yeah, last segment for the night. This has been a little bit of a quicker show. Not a ton going on. Uh, let me just check see if there's any other score updates. Uh, don't really see anything. I think the um, those updates you gave about the abs lightning are the, are the most recent things there. Braden point, 26 goals in the season. Talk about an underrated player, man. Another sneaky 40 goal season inbound for him, but uh, team of the week. Now I got to say this team of the week, man, there were some incredible uh, players this week. Uh, the honorable mentions were remarkable. Um, I think there were, you know, multiple players you could put for every position, but we got it down and our teams are about <clears throat> half the same, half different which is always good. So I'll go ahead and put yours up first, uh, as always. So we got Nick's – oh, wait. Yes, this is yours. I got confused for a second because I have some <laughs> of the same players. Nick Suzuki of the Canadians. Connor McJesus, uh, as always. He was on both of ours last last time as well. Alex Ovechkin we talked about a little bit earlier. Philip Kronick of the Canucks, who they got last season in the trade. Um where they where they uh they gave up a first and second rounder and people are saying oh what are the Canucks doing they're nuts and he's actually been really good this season, Tory Krug of the Blues, and then Andre Vasilevsky as your goalie honorable mentions Brandon Hagel Evan Bouchard and Jacob Markstrom who's having a really quiet season for a, a struggling Flames team so Brady take it away explain your selections for team of the week this week. Yeah, I feel like there's a few names. Like you said, we could have went a bunch of different ways with this. I feel like there's a few names that we haven't really seen much of or really at all. Mm -hmm. um, I'll start with Suzuki. So like we were alluding to earlier, Montreal playing some pretty good hockey as of late. And Suzuki this week, four goals, uh, two assists. He was a plus three as well. So he was, of course, getting things done on the offensive end. Just a great week for him, one power play goal, and just he's really been one of the catalysts, I, I guess, really for Montreal. They just are such a young team, including Suzuki. They haven't really been able to kind of push themselves up just yet. I guess they're still in a bit of a rebuild to some extent, 50% um, shooting percentage from this week, and two hits and three block shots, so he was – playing a bit of the, the full 200 um, feet as well. So overall, a, a solid week for Nick Suzuki, just shy of 50% too at the faceoff dot. Um, so I, I wanted to give a shout out to him and the, the Canadians as well for playing some pretty good hockey as of late. Um, McDavid, I, I like including um, new names in it when I can, but yeah. once again, Connor McDavid just – no goals, by the way, <laughs> this week. <Nope. laughs> Nine assists, including that six assist game. Um, plus six on the day, uh, the week, excuse me. Um, and one stat that also really kind of stood out to me: um, five hits. 
Connor McDavid, I mean, of course, the physicality has always been a part of hockey. So, you mm-hmm. know, you even the guys that maybe are more skill-based and maybe not the most physical guys are, are going to have those stats. But five hits, one block shot. So he was throwing the body around a little bit as well while recording all of those nine assists on the week, um, as, as I just mentioned, too, six of which were in one game. Um, face-up percentage also just shy of uh, 50%. Um, he took only seven shots, 0% shooting percentage, um, as, of course, all those were stopped. But when when you put up all those those apples in, in one week and one game and your team is on a roll – um, I think you deserve another shout-out. Of course, the other guy that we spoke a lot about tonight, Ovechkin. Um, the Caps not doing well really at all as of late, but Ovi has found his game seemingly once again, four goals and an assist this week. Was a minus one, did have two power play goals. I know at least one of them. I wouldn't be surprised if it was both. I know at least one of them was from his office at the top of the face-off circle. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a, a great week for Ovechkin, really kind of the first time I feel like at least since we kind of started doing this, the show a, a month or two ago now that I feel like he's even kind of been close surprisingly to mm-hmm. like a, a team of the week nomination, but he, he had a great week, um, 30% shooting percentage on the week on 13 shots, four goals. That's pretty impressive. Uh, 1.25 points per game. Of course, Ovechkin is a guy that while he puts up a lot of points, a lot of goals, he is also very physical. So he did have seven hits and three block shots. Um, You know, sometimes people joke about how good he is offensively, that he's maybe not the best defensively, but I feel like even as he's gotten older over the last few seasons, he has kind of played a bit more of a a 200-foot game. Mm-hmm. Um, and overall, just finally, Alex Ovechkin getting the nod for uh, team of the week, and rightfully so. On the defensive side of things, there were kind of a few ways I feel like we could have went with this. But as you mentioned, that Hronik trade, a bit interesting initially, but he's been great for them so far this season. And this week, a goal for assist, a plus five for a Canucks team that I guess to some extent out of nowhere – um, I mean, we knew they had the talent, but they they just have never been able to really establish much of, of anything. And when they do make the playoffs, they don't get very far. But they have been phenomenal this season. And Philip Pronick has been a huge catalyst for them, Five, all five of those points, even strength throughout um, this stretch with the um, – excuse me, the once again, 1.25 points per game. He took 10 shots. And a 10% shooting percentage on f- four goals on 10 shots, too, especially for a defenseman. That, that's very impressive. Uh, and then, on, I guess, the back end, uh, nine hits, five block shots. Of course, those stats will be a little bit higher usually for the defenseman. Um, and another pretty big week for the Canucks. And Phil Pronick, a, a huge week for him as well as they're still making that push for one of the top spots in the Western Conference. And I, I think, you know, if Kronick and all these guys continue the way they're playing, they could still be that dangerous team they've been all season. Um, oh, I 
looks like the Lightning just took the lead, and yep, Kucherov. So, of course, <laughs> there of you course. go. And Tori Krug as well. For the Blues, who have kind of just been that mid-tier team that I feel like a lot of us expected them to be this season, uh, Tori Krug, I feel like, hasn't been talked about a whole lot over the last few seasons. I know the Blues, since winning that Cup, haven't been great per se. And, of course, he was phenomenal when he was a Bruin as well. But this week, no goals but five assists. He, he was actually a minus four. Um, but Tory Krug, keeping those Blues right in those spots. Of course, you have the Surging Wild. You have a few other teams, the Kraken, the Flames, the Predators, all hanging in there. So the Blues, I don't want to say holding on for dear life, but they are, you know, trying to, I guess, still hold, hold on to that spot. And uh, a good week for Krug as well, just overall. Um, only two hits, three block shots, but we all have seen throughout his career, he's a very solid defensive defenseman as well. Um, and for the, the Blues, a, a decent week for them, like I said. Uh, definitely have to look over their shoulder now um, for the rest of the season. But I decided to go with Krug. Like I said, there are a few more options. Um, of course, I'll discuss one of them in a few seconds, but uh, Vasilevsky, so we were kind of talking about him not necessarily having the best season, uh, but the the Lightning have still been a pretty good team, of course, in that playoff spot, hovering you know right around, of course, the top three in the Atlantic or that wild card spot. Uh, only played two games this week. He was two and zero, nine four five save percentage, one point nine two goals against. That's one of the better um, for one of the better uh, looks for those statistics throughout the week, only four goals allowed um, on 73 shots, made 69 saves. So uh, only playing those two games, but two big ones, two big wins for the Lightning because, of course, they have the Panthers and Bruins ahead of them, but they also are competing for that third spot with the Red Wings and Maple Leafs. Um while also, I guess, fighting for the wild card spot when they kind of drop down because it's constantly fluctuating between those three teams. But I thought overall a big week, almost a bounce back week to some extent for Vasilevsky. So I wanted to give him some uh, respect for that one. And the honorable mentions, um, a few, I guess, new guys here. So Brandon Hagel, speaking of the Lightning, two goals and three assists for a total of five points. He was a plus two, had a power play goal. Um, I believe if that's still, I'm not sure if that game was part of that week, but that goal might've been the game I was at Islanders lightning. I know he scored a power play goal. I'm not sure if that happened to be the one, but um, he did have one power play goal, had a power play assist as well. So for a lightning team that has plenty of, of weapons, Maybe not quite up to their full potential this season, but Brandon Hagel, a very solid depth piece for them too now for the last few seasons. Uh, 28.6 shooting percentage, pretty good for him on just seven shots and three hits, one block shot as well. So a, a solid week for Hagel. There are a few other ways I could have gone. Of course, Kachuk, Boldy, Konechny having great weeks as well. I, I want to give Hagel a shout out there for that one because I, I feel like the Lightning are, are finding their stride once again in a very tight um, conference division and all that. And then there were a few ways I kind of could have gone with this one. I 
went with Yossi. It might have been the last one or the one before that. And he had a great week again with a goal and three assists. But also with a goal and three assists has been Evan Bouchard, who I feel like has had a very underrated season for the Oilers, who, of course, fired Jay Woodcroft, and they've been on the roll almost ever since. Um, total of four points was a plus two uh, this week as well. And just a, another solid – a team not necessarily known for their defense – it's not bad per se, but it it, it isn't great either. Um, he he's a youngster as well, and he's really been close to that Norris conversation. Of course, there's you know McCarr, Fox, Dobson, all those guys who are you know ahead of him or or kind of right there with him. Um, but I I think Evan Bouchard has been very solid for them. Of course, the Oilers have Darnell Nurse too, but. After that, maybe a little bit of a drop-off, uh, two hits, four block shots as well. So he he had, a, of course, a solid week defensively and provided a bit of offense as well. So definitely wanted to give him a bit of respect too because I feel like he still had kind of an underrated season. And last but certainly not least is um, Jacob Markstrom. So he played in three games this week. Went 2-1, and 9-4-3 save percentage, 2-0-2 goals against. Had a great game against my Islanders. Um, we had our chances. We just could not get anything behind him. And even 100 saves, only six goals allowed on those 106 shots. And for a Flames team that's also fighting right in that mix for that wild card spot, uh, Jacob Markstrom definitely picked a good week to – um, possibly be, and in my case, be uh, an honorable mention for the goaltenders of the team of the week. So the Flames right now, uh, three points back of the Kings for that top spot and also three points back of the Blues. So, you know, a, a little bit of ground to make up, but they're right there as well. Uh, I feel like mo most of the players I picked too are – still at the very least in some sort of contention for the playoffs and had big weeks for their teams. Yeah, solid choices. Uh, I really like your reasoning for all these guys. Definitely think all of them were deserving. Um, I did have some seminaries, like I said, but I do have some differences. So let me go ahead and put mine up. Um, mine, I think, has three similar players and three that are different. So uh, now, I will say, a disclaimer before I do get any stats, I put my list together today, whereas Brady put his together last night. So if any stats I say for players are different, uh, that is why. So first, let's start with Nick Suzuki, who had six goals for the week, which led all forwards, uh, three assists for nine points, which was second, only behind Connor McDavid. He was a plus three, five of six of his goals at even strength as well. And get this, Brady. <laughs> Only 11 shots, but six goals, 54.5% shooting percentage, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, two hits and three block shots. Incredible week for the young uh, Canadians forward. I've always really liked him, uh, even back when he was a prospect with the Golden Knights and then was involved in, I believe, the Max Pacioretty trade. Um, he has been a great pickup for the Canadians ever since he's gotten there. And then Connor McDavid, who, you know, like we said a few times, is just absolutely remarkable. It's kind of been overshadowed a bit. Uh, by guys like McKinnon and Kucherov of the season. But, man, uh, with the week he just had, he's back up to tied for third in the NHL in points with 77, 
with with well, he was tied with Pasternak. Pasternak's now ahead of him because he scored tonight. But absolutely incredible season for him once again. And uh, the last four games, Brady, one goal and nine assists for 10 points. Um, the latter two marks, which uh, led all forwards for the week. And like you said, career high six assists in an eight to four win against the pretty solid, actually, Detroit Red Wings this season. Um, absolutely lit up the lamp in that one. Plus five for the week, which was second overall, but only behind Philadelphia's Travis Konechny, who I believe has an assist tonight as well. A two-game winning assist, so, you know, obviously helping his team win, as he always does. Eight of his ten points at even strength. And you know what, like you said, just add in five hits, two block shots, and he won almost 53% of his face-offs. Um, so adding some solid defense as well. Uh, now this one, this one, I really like this one because it's a guy that was taken number one overall, a pick that was kind of criticized by some people. Um, he played a little bit last season, but this year I think he's finally starting to find his stride. Yuras Slavkovsky, excuse me, six-game point streak for this guy. And over the past week, he played, I think, four games, had four goals and three assists for seven points, which was tied for the third most for the NHL in that span. He was a plus four. He did it He did it on both uh, five-on-five and special teams, had four points at even strength and three power play points as well. Took 11 shots, 36.4% shooting percentage, um, and then added eight hits and one block shot as well. Now, I did consider Ovi. Um, but the reason I gave Slavkovsky the edge over Ovi was that he had similar ice time to Ovi, but he had one extra point, and he also did it in uh, one less game played compared to Ovi. So that's the reason I gave him a slight edge over Ovechkin, although he's obviously a, a leading candidate for me because he's been great recently as well. Phil Peronik um, has been really good for the, the uh, Canucks this season. Actually, his plus 37 leads the entire league. Um, which is just absolutely incredible. One goal and four assists for five points. Um, five points ties for the lead for defenseman for the past week. Was a plus four the, for the week. All of his points at even strength. And he's a guy that's actually more known for his defense. Uh, he's been really good defensively this season, and it was the same this week as he added 10 hits and seven block shots. So doing a bit of everything for a very, very surprising but consistently solid uh, Canucks team this season, continuing to extend their lead at the top of the Pacific Division. And then Mike Matheson. Now, this second defenseman spot was a tough one for me. I didn't really see a, a clear-cut second guy to put behind Ronick. Ronick was pretty easy, but after that, it was really tough. I ended up going with Matheson um, for a couple of reasons. He had five assists, um, no goals, but five points total, uh, both of which tied for the weekly lead for defenseman. He was a plus three, uh, four of his five points at even strength. Um, but the main reason I chose him was defensively uh, three hits and then 11 block shots, which is one of the best marks for defensemen uh, for the week over the last week. <sighs> there were a lot of guys that could have gotten this. I thought about Yossi. Uh, I thought about um, Krug like you did. Uh, I even thought about the um, the young uh, Minnesota defenseman I mentioned earlier, but uh, I ended up giving him the slight edge. And then in net, uh, Ottinger and Vasilevsky had a really good weeks, considered them, but I ended up giving it slightly to Jacob Markstrom. Um, so from February 6th to February 13th, that's the time frame I used for these four games played 1.76 goals against average and a 945 save percentage, 121 saves on 128 shots. Um, but the main reason I gave him the edge, he did this against some really good competition, Brady. He played the Bruins, the Devils, the Islanders, 
and the Rangers. Now, okay, the Islanders kind of stink, but they're the three are really solid, and the Rangers and Bruins in particular are fantastic teams. And he had a 3-1 and record. The only reason he didn't go 4-0, and Brady, he only gave up one goal to the Rangers, but the poor Flames got shut out. So he had to take an L in a game that, you know, they couldn't give him any help at all. Way to support your goaltender, guys. But um, he should have been undefeated the last week. He was not, but he did everything he pretty much could. And you know what, Brady? Um, he also added two assists as well, which is pretty insane to have two assists for a goalie of the week. No other goalie over the past week had any assists or points in general. Um, so you know what? Just add that in as well. Honorable mentions, Alex Ovechkin with the goal scoring streak was really close but end up giving Slavskovsky a slight edge there. Roman Yossi and Jake Ottinger, I think, had a really good week as well. But there are a lot of a lot of deserving guys this week, man. It, it was a tough one um, to pick out six guys. It's always tough, but um, I guess that's why it means something to when you do get on the team of the week. So there we go. Um, some similarities, some differences. I'm still waiting to see. I don't think we've – as long as I've been doing this show, I've never seen – a week where we've either had the exact same or completely different teams. There's always been some level of similarity. I think, uh, I think once me and Garth had five of the same players, but never, <laughs> never unanimous. So we'll see if, if we can get a completely identical or completely different team at some point. But um, yeah, that's all we got for tonight. Um, comments are really good tonight. Love the interaction. Um, some good games tonight as well. Let me check real quick to see if there's any, uh, any score changes? I don't. Those are all the same. Uh, it looks like everything's the same. Kings and Devils are still scores about halfway through the second period. So we'll see who pulls that one out. Both teams um, trying to strengthen their wild card positions currently. Yeah. But um, hopefully the Kings <laughs> in regulation hopefully. too would be nice. We'll see, we'll see man. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, they're both kind of – the Devils have been hitting their stride lately or has the Kings kind of been – Yeah. So, I mean, who knows. But um, I did hear I, – I didn't see it, but I heard for the Rangers it was actually a really bad injury for Blake Wheeler. Um, so, hopefully oh, – I, I didn't even hear that, yeah. Yeah, apparently people are saying it might be his last game, at least for the Rangers. It could be a season ender, so – Hopefully he's okay. Always really liked Blake Wheeler. I thought that was a great depth pickup for him. He was a stud for so many years with the uh, Jets and uh, my Atlanta Thrashers before that, I believe, as well. I think that's how long he was there. So hopefully all is good with him. Um, the Rangers do have enough talent that I think they could probably survive without him. Um, but it is definitely a decent loss, solid, solid depth guy. I think he was on their first line power play. Um, as well, which I saw a lot of Rangers fans complain about. Well, I guess they don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, um, that's going to do it for pucking around tonight. Uh, Brady, do you have any things you want to kind of say before we get off for the night? Um, I mean, I, I know I said the last few weeks, but of course getting closer to that trade deadline here now, kind of getting to the final stretch mid-February by the next time we'll – our next show, either late February – maybe even March. I, I think it February 29th, cause it is a, a leap year. Um, so right, right at the end of February. And you know, we only at that point would have about a month and a half left in the season. Um, we'll see if somehow our teams are closer. If anything, I feel like they will be further. Um, Islanders, please win on Sunday. I will be there freezing. Um, wearing the jersey I got, the 
mm. not great looking jersey that also fits a little tight. Um, but yeah, I, I think that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, hopefully somehow our team survive uh, past these next two weeks. So we have a bit more positive things to talk about, um, like a big wild card playoff race. Definitely. Uh, trade deadline is rapidly approaching. Uh, we'll see if any more trades come in the next couple of weeks. We'll only wait for that. No trades to talk about this week, which uh, really surprised me. The yeah, last we, one is still the Monahan trade. We, uh, I'm surprised we didn't get a ton of news um, either like this morning or, or last night. That's usually how it goes. They're going to they're gonna do what I like to do for, for school. They're going to procrastinate it all at the end and then do it all <laughs> at once. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh Daniel Bakley says, good stuff, guys. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate that. But um, another good show. Um, as always, appreciate the, the interaction with all the fans. But until next time, from myself, Noah Dog Diver, and my buddy and co-host, Brady Campbell, it's been another episode of Pucking Around here on the Rebian Preview Sports Network. Um, until next time, enjoy your hockey, stay safe, and keep pucking around. <laughs>